said that he could find no fault in him. In fact, he was ready to release him. At the back of his mind, his wife's dream and words of having nothing to do with him were still ringing in his ears. But the crowd would not let it go. They didn't want to see him released and they cry out and they asked for Barabbas, a vigilante, a criminal, a man who had done nothing for them. He is a man who is guilty of his crimes, with a capital G. And so an exchange took place, a guilty man for an innocent man. The wrongdoer went away free, but the innocent one was about to take the punishment. We'll touch on exchanges again in a little while. They make him carry his own cross. Huge amounts of people are following. Half the crowd are cheering and the other half are weeping. Not him, not Jesus. It couldn't end this way. Among the crowd are 11 of his closest friends, but they dare not get too close lest they suffer the same fate as him. And so they march him to Calvary. And it is there that they crucify him. They nail his hands to the wood, blood dripping down his face from the crown of thorns that they forced on his head, bruises on his body from where the soldiers had punched and kicked him, scars and wounds on his back from the lash of the whip. And amidst all that pain, they lift the cross up and the struggle to breathe begins. And from all this bad treatment, this torture, this, these inhumane acts of cruelty, the first words that come out of Jesus' mouth on the cross was not a cry of agony. There was no statement of revenge, no angry words, no. Uh, the words that come out of Jesus' mouth after they crucified him, according to Luke, is a prayer. A prayer of all things. People don't usually pray on crosses. We pray in gardens. We pray in church. We pray when we can get away from the noise and confusion of the world and think clear thoughts, but we don't pray on crosses. He prays and he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You curse on crosses. You scream on crosses. You cry on crosses. You experience pain on crosses. You certainly don't pray to forgive others on crosses. Right in the middle of his suffering, his pain, in the middle of fighting for his life, Jesus is more concerned about those around him. His concern is not for himself, but instead for the people who have acted against him in this way. On the cross, with the nails in his hand, Jesus prays to the Father, asking him to forgive his perpetrators because they don't know what they're doing. Jesus is asking for forgiveness to those people who have done this to him. This to me is so mind-blowing, so awe-inspiring, so humbling, that in this moment, in his suffering, Jesus would show compassion. I put it to you that this was one of two moments where Jesus showed grace, grace even on the cross. But as humbling as it is, we realise that he wasn't just talking to those who were immediately around him. No, he was speaking on behalf of those going right back to Adam. He was speaking on behalf of us here today and those who are yet to come. Ellen White, in The Desire of Ages, said the following, 
the prayer of Christ embraced the world. It took in every sinner that had lived or should live from the beginning of the world to the end of time. To all, forgiveness is freely offered. Jesus was more concerned about us in spite of his agony. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them for the times they have messed up. Forgive them for the times they have let you down. Forgive them because they didn't really know what they were doing. They are just sinners living under the curse of sin. They don't get it. They don't understand the big picture. This isn't, they don't understand that I'm God in the flesh. If they did, they wouldn't do this. Jesus had to die. It's not ignorance of who he is, but ignorance of what he's doing. They don't comprehend why I'm doing this. They don't see their need for a spiritual deliverer. They think they are killing me, but I am laying my life down. While life was leaving his body, he prayed for forgiveness. Not just for the Roman soldiers and the Jewish leaders, but for us. And while we were not physically present there at the cross, we all of us had a hand in him being on that cross. If he died for our sins, and we are all sinners, then all of us have played our part. In the worst moment of his life, Jesus was more concerned about others, about you and I, asking the Father for t to forgive us for our shortcomings. Jesus was suffering the most horrible, painful death ever devised by man, and he looked at the people responsible for his suffering and prayed for their forgiveness. This is the epitome of grace. Jesus showed grace on the cross by praying for forgiveness, not just to those who crucified him, but for you and I also. Now how else did Jesus show grace on the cross? Now at the start I mentioned that an exchange took place, a, a guilty man for an innocent man, but it was at the cross where a more wonderful, a more awesome exchange took place, God's grace for our sins. We cannot appreciate what grace does until we understand who we are. We are defiant. We are self-centered and self-worshipping. We are rebellious. We are sinners. And all of us are in the same boat. No one is better than the other. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if we are all sinners, then we must face sin's punishment. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, or the reward, if you can call it that, for sinning is death. And if all of us are sinners, then we are all guilty. Our fate, our destiny was not a promising one. It was looking rather bleak for us. That was until the cross. The punishment should have been ours. But Jesus took the punishment for us. He died a death that should have been ours. Yes, grace happened at the cross. It doesn't make any sense, but Jesus took your punishment and then you were credited with his righteousness. This whole situation is filled with things that shouldn't be. Jesus was innocent, yet he took the punishment of the guilty. We did wrong, but we are pronounced acceptable in God's sight. We didn't deserve it, but yet still grace happened. There's a story of a father and a son. They were travelling together in a car and they wanted to get some fresh air. So the father uh, wound down the window uh, when a bee flew in the car quite a normal thing to happen if you're driving with the windows down on a summer day but for the son it was a terrifying thing because the boy was allergic to bees when he saw the bee flying around the car he was scared to death but the boy's father was able to catch the bee so the boy was relieved thank you father he said 
However, the father opened his fist and the bee started to fly around the car again. As before, the boy was terrified. But the father looked in the rearview mirror and said, Son, don't be afraid, because the sting of the bee is in my palm right now. It's not going to circle here for long because it's going to die very soon. Its sting, which will be lethal for you, is here in my hand. This story illustrates what Jesus did for us. He took the sting of death so that we can have hope. He stepped in. He protected us. He took the punishment. He loved us enough to take the fall for us. With a crown of thorns on his head, he uttered not a mumbling word, but instead he stayed and hung on that cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And he stayed there for you and for me. He loved us enough to step in for us. As he hung there and died there, he was paying the price of redemption, making it possible for you and I to be forgiven, making it possible for you and I to enter God's kingdom, making it possible for you to have everlasting life. Now, I am not making up the fact that an exchange took place. Romans chapter 3 verses 24 and 25 in the New Living Translation say the following, Yet God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God sent Jesus to take the punishment of our sins. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life shedding his blood verse 26 says God declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus the cross is a sign a symbol of grace it is where a great exchange takes place our sins meet the saviour and he trades them in for grace and salvation what an awesome saviour we serve so when you understand who we are as sinners and that we were doomed then you begin to appreciate grace. It's not that our sins have been overlooked, but you begin to understand what had to happen in order for grace to happen. This was no walk in the park. And yet because of this great exchange, even though we are all guilty sinners, each and every one of us have been covered by his grace and offered the gift of salvation. It truly is amazing when you stop to think about it. When we least expected it, when it was least deserved, here it is, grace. God's grace, grace even on the cross. At the cross, grace came in the shape of a prayer for forgiveness and an exchange for our sins for his salvation. Grace happened there at the cross, but it also happens here. Forgiveness is is readily available at this table. The great exchange can still happen today. Our sins for his grace. Because of the grace displayed on that cross, grace is available to us today. The carpenter made grace available on a wooden cross and a wooden table. But what I want us to do today, what I want to remind you, what I want you to realise is that yes, Jesus died for our sins, but it takes on more resonance. It has more meaning when you personalise it. Jesus died for me. He bore my sins. He took my place on the cross we should always look towards the cross that we might appreciate what Jesus has accomplished and what God offers to those who trust in his salvation Charles Spurgeon said a view of Christ on Calvary is always beneficial to a Christian 
As we reflect on what happened on the cross and what it means for us, I want you to be encouraged that grace happened at the cross and that because grace happened at the cross, there is grace here at the table today. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that grace happened there. And, I'm, and because it happened there, I'm glad that grace still happens here today. We may not be perfect. We may be missing the mark. But Jesus is the kind of saviour that loves to keep offering love, grace, mercy, forgiveness and mercy. So I encourage you to accept his forgiveness, no matter what you have done. I encourage you to trade your sins in for his grace. I encourage you to accept the gift of salvation. And it's all made possible because of what happened at the cross, where even in his darkest moment, Jesus demonstrated grace by offering forgiveness and dying for our sins. This was not a cheap grace. It cost him a lot, so it didn't have to cost us anything. Yes, church, there is grace at the cross because of Jesus, the one who came to save us from our sins, a saviour that loves to keep offering love grace, forgiveness and mercy. He demonstrated it at the cross and he demonstrates it again today.